Boom, boom. All right. Okay, so here we are back again, the Lumbertron podcast. RC Clark is here again. He just couldn't stay away. Couldn't. Couldn't stay away. Nothing. Bring that that raucous optimism, righteous positivity. And I think today the topic, general direction, the intention of this talk is going to be about self-talk, mindset, the positive and negative messages that I play in my head, in your head, and perhaps how to make them serve me a little better, maybe? Yeah? Might talk about some tips? Mm. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay. So what? What (laughs) Self-care pursuit of joy um yeah i know my thinking my thinking about thoughts is that you know i just kind of actually like just kind of had this thought um you know like a couple minutes ago before coming on here is that you know we kind of take thoughts for granted and it's like so normal to like have language you know in our time like just be able to like put words together in language a lot of times we forget that words are just sounds and you know like where these sounds stem from they can they stemmed from emotions like we had we saw something in the environment we had this emotional response and then we decided to like associate a sound with that emotional response or you know to like to maybe give someone else an emotional response to create mm-hmm. action in someone else and so we have these words that come in our heads or like thoughts, you know, we're like thinking of thoughts all the time. They're like, you know, thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. But we kind of just think that's normal. And it is normal. Like even before we had language, we were probably, you know, we're thinking about stuff all the time. Of course, we're always thinking, we're thinking, but maybe it's more in images or maybe it was more in like sounds. But yeah. these days, no. it's like, yeah, you know, it's like a basic primal thing. And, but like maybe now we're kind of so, uh, you know, we're kind of more, I guess, advanced. Like we're, you know, we've become more and more self-aware as time has gone on. And everything we do has like a lot of energy behind it. It's got a lot of like meaning behind it. Like we're at this point in technology, you know, words for technology. You know, everything that was new is a technology. Technology is, it's not just computers. You know, it's not just tech. Technology is like, uh, you know, like smashing a rock. That was technology and technology and language is a technology. Yeah, language, writing. Technology. Yeah, Yeah. writing. And it's gotten so advanced that a single word can do so much for us. You know, a word can impact us so emotionally. And so the words in our heads, they impact us so much that they can put us, they can make us commit suicide. They can make us commit suicide. Or they can take us to the greatest, you know, heights of, of human achievement. And thing is with these words, it's no accident. It's no like, it's no accident that they get us there. It's not some mystery. You know, self-talk gets us to places. Yeah. So it's just a matter of how can you use self-talk to get you somewhere. And if it's impacting you negatively, how can you change that to make it affect you positively? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I know, I know for me, it's hard, it's hard to come out of that, you know, if I, if I'm stuck in a mindset, you know, like I think of, um, 
winding down at the end of the day and uh, I have been playing some video games and in the past I have enjoyed video games in the recent present um, I've begun to think of them as a, a distraction or um, basically associating bad you know putting that moral judgment of like I'm I'm not being productive I'm sitting playing video games I'm bad but it took someone else, my wife, being like, you're enriching your life. That's an enjoyment opportunity for you. That's not necessarily bad. Just shifting that in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm not a bad person doing this thing, being lazy. All of the, all of the, the negative value judgments associated with just this task of doing something. Switching it to like, oh, this is something that brings me joy. It's enriching my life kind of completely changes the way it makes me feel mm. just putting just using that language to put like moral judgment on a thing an act and can lead me down one way or another and so having someone else to kind of be like oh yeah that's not necessarily a bad thing it's also not necessarily a good thing I was able to kind of take me out of my own head have you ever had that I don't know, problem where you get stuck in a negative, negative rut of self-thought and how, how do you have any tools to break out of that? What's worked for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, I want to, so yeah, I want to say, you know, talk on that and then, you know, that came up me wanting to ask you, well, so how do you, how did you change that? How did you make playing video games and getting that entertainment value? How did you make that into something positive? So for me, what that looks like is it really connects to my larger vision now because there, you know, there are things that I don't want to, to spend my time with, you know, every you know, minute of my day in general is is for, not it's like for a purpose, but it all serves me. Like I don't do anything that doesn't serve me. Except yeah, there are times where I'm like, where I can be, well at least, you know, lately, and you know, for the past, um, I don't know, at least, I don't know, years, I'm not really sure what, what the time is, but um, I guess I've been just so kind of, I've consciously, I don't know. It's hard to say because I guess maybe I had a period before where I was doing a lot more things like, like going out. So I guess there's the college time. You know, I was I came out of college um, maybe five years ago now. It was 2013, so we're in 2020. Wow, I guess that's more like seven years ago now. And in that time, you know, and there was like a couple years before that when I started as a sophomore is when I kind of had my, um, you could call it an awakening, you call it just this giant shift, that aha moment where I decided that I was going to make every part of my life meaningful from now on. You know, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to try to follow others so much. Like I was going to do what I wanted to do. And I like that you brought up video games because video games is one of those things that I was um, very, you know, negative on. And like, and I think like, you know, because I had roommates and they play a lot of video games. I so I think like you know what a waste, what a waste of time. Mm -hmm. Like why, or like like me, like I wouldn't like I don't want to waste my time. Like for me, it's a waste of time. But that's because 
and I play games a lot. You know, I play, we play Call of Duty all the time, man. And I played zombies, like hours and hours of zombies. And it's so much fun playing that with my roommates. And it was like amazing, you know, we had like what a great way for us to connect. And we just had so much fun. But it was a different part of my life then. And now like, and, but like, just for me, like when I play video games, I just get bored um, quickly. And that's why I associate playing video games as like a negative thing. Like, why would anyone waste their time? But one of my older best friends, you know, when he plays, he talks about the narrative of the game. And he talks about like the storytelling in the games and like how much enrichment he gets from it. And so I've been able to, you know, I changed and I don't think, you know, they're just dumb for everyone. I can, you know, there's things that people can get value from that we don't, that we don't understand just because we don't get value from it doesn't mean that that's a bad thing. It's just that there are things that other, like we don't know other people's experience in life. They can get so much value for something that maybe we can't. So, yeah, but what I think I've done now is, you know, really, because I think I bring that up too, because like, really, I don't, I I'm, think I'm at the place where I don't care what other people do. Like I see other people and they, no matter how they live their life, even if they live in a negative way, I don't look at people and think like you suck, like your life, like, why are you doing that? Why are you ruining your life for yourself? Like I'm more and more moving into just total acceptance because what other people do really doesn't matter. Like, and there's no room for me to, to judge others and think about how negative they are. Like there's no room for me to do that because it doesn't serve me. It doesn't serve anyone. Like all I'm moving towards doing is accepting what other people are doing and accepting the way they are. And then seeing the good in them, you know, seeing the positives, like, so many people, like I work in a grocery store, right? And there's a lot of people that work in grocery stores generally that you might think, well, they don't have much of a life. They don't maybe have much value. But it's like every single person in this store, these 50, 50, 60 people, like they all have, you know, they're all such good people. And they, all, they bring joy to my life just by being there, by talking to me, having conversation. So long, so in a, in a summary, you know, the way I do it is, I don't pay attention to other people. You know, I pay attention to what do I want to do? What do I want to do every day? I want to wake up, drink a cup of coffee. I want to read my book. I want to work on what I'm working on. So whether that is um, self-development, whether it's talking to my phone so I can help, so I can spread my ideas and I can practice sharing my ideas and inspiring others, or whether it's working on my internship in this nonprofit, working on ways that I can write, that I can write to influence and bring positivity to others that way, my work, and then it's it's working out and it's exercising. And those are the those that's what I do every day that brings me the decisions that I make that, that bring me to where I want to go. So also there's dance, going out with friends. You know, I've also realized that you have to get out into doing other things like going out and taking a walk. I used to think that's negative. Why would I waste my time going out and doing something else? Well, some of my yeah. best ideas have come from walking out in nature, right? Exactly. Getting that external energy, bringing something outside or going outside, it just changes everything. It just opens up possibilities. Yeah. So, my, so the vision. So, but the, I think the broader kind of your mission vision is almost, but it's such a hard balance. But I found such a good balance. And it's taken years. You know, it's taken yeah. years and years. Now to to kind of refine and the vision's been the same to spread good ideas to big be a big communicator a better communicator and it's and that's what it's been it's always been that but 
as the years have gone on and my practice has developed, I figured out ways to practice that I want to practice. So that means that, you know, dancing is a part of my practice. That means that like going out and talking to friends, um, that, you know, friends that give me value that, that, that helps in that vision and doing the movement helps in that vision. And I'm at a place where I don't do, it's not, it's just about, I'm doing, I'm saying no to everything that I don't want to do. And I'm learning how to say yes to the things I want to do, but I've learned how to really, it's what do I not want to do? And how do I get the things I don't want to do like away from me? If I'm, I don't, and I, I don't even know how to explain that fully. It's kind of an idea I heard from someone else, this guy Casey Neistat, but it's, it's more of like, how can I just focus on doing the things that I just want to do and not really worry about anything else, not worry about anyone else. Hmm. So how do you, how do you find those things that you want to do? Are they things that align with your goals? How do you distill that down? Yeah, it's, yeah, you know what you mean. But I think, you know, a one trouble, I think everyone, they feel like they don't know what they want to do. You know, they don't feel like, they say, well, you know, this person, they, they're like an artist and they like, they like paint every day and they put these beautiful pictures on Instagram and this person, oh, maybe even like, you know, ORC, so passionate about like talking about his ideas and, and, uh, you know, he's, he's doing these things or whatever, or like, you know, Tyler, he's, he's doing a podcast and he, you know, he's a, he teaches movement and he's offering all these different things to people. But, and then people think like, what, well, what can I do? You know, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't have anything. The thing is, I think that's bullshit. I think so you do. You do know what you want to do. You know, there's you the self-talk like, right there. Telling yourself that you don't have any value. Slip that right in. That's that's one way to flip that. Tell, tell yourself yeah. you don't have value. Please continue. Yeah. You're just afraid, you know? You're just afraid of doing that thing because you think that, one, maybe you think, well, what's the point? Because if I do this, I'm never going to make money out of it. I'm never going to be a pro. So what's the point? Mm. It could be one thing. Um, but it's but it's like, but the doing of the thing. It's got to be you know it's got to be for the present. Like it's got to be, it's got to be. It doesn't matter if it's going to like get you anywhere. That's what I was really stuck in for a long time. I was like, why should mm. I? practice music why should i practice writing is that gonna get me anywhere is it gonna like you know make me money is it gonna help me as a professional you know there's this thing it's like but just doing just doing the thing every day like that has to be the important thing so i don't know i think people just get, really got to think about what is that thing that you really want to do and if you're not doing it is it just because you're afraid it's really just you're just afraid of why you can't do it yeah it's the the uh the journey based value system rather than the outcome not being married to what are all these things going to provide me in the future instead of just like the act of doing a thing the act of learning a skill the act of doing an activity that brings me joy yeah, I think that's a lot to be said about adopting that mindset over just like, what is all this going to do in the future? And if it's not going to be perfect, why even start? That's my perfectionism. I got a whole mm -hmm. bunch of that. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yeah, can you talk more about that? Like, the, if it's not going to be perfect, you know, if it's, I think it has another holdback because people think, well, you know, you see someone who's so good at doing something all the time. You think, well, you know, right now I suck. You do something, especially movement. You do a movement like, oh, I suck at this. What's the point? Oh, yeah. How's that played for you, you think? Yeah, that's like, yeah, I definitely struggle with that frustration of, um, you know, movement is a good, a good avenue of looking at people who, there's a beauty in a practice skill that looks effortless. And I'm just like, I want that. I want that in my life. And, you know, I'm just like awkwardly moving around in my body. I'm just like, ah, oh, man, this, this sucks right now. But that the mindset shift there is that, that being terrible, that being a beginner at something, that's like the first sucking at something is the first step to being kind of okay at something. And being kind of okay at something is, you know, another step on being maybe good at something. And there is so much value in just um, trying a new thing in that learning process of sucking at something. I mean, that's like life can be about just like sticking in my comfort zone of being in all the things that I'm pretty good at, or I can like try something new and just telling myself that that, that uncomfortableness of being bad at something can be good for me. That's, that's, that's a, a mindset shift for me instead of just avoiding all the things that suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it made me think think of a couple things. You know, mm-hmm. one is that you're never not going to suck at something. You know, pe- you may start doing something and you think you're bad at it, but the people that perform at the highest level are always trying to get better. Everyone who's at the very top, the best person you know, is always trying to get better, and they always know that there's room for improvement. They're always self-critical. They're probably more self-critical than you are in your mm-hmm. stage right now. So you don't even have you don't even have the right to be. That's not you know, <laughs> going extreme here, but like you can't even say you're self-critical. Yeah. You haven't even done anything difficult yet. You know, you haven't even tried that hard. How can you be yeah. hard on yourself when you haven't even tried yet? But as you move on, you know, you still it's that you never you're never at the top. You know, nothing. It's like I think the reality is imperfection. The reality. There's this idea I got from one of my mentors, Michael Gavin. He says, "Take massive imperfect action." So that we're always, you're always taking action, a lot of action, and it's always, you know, it's imperfect. You, know, you can't wait for something to be perfect because it's never, it's never going to be perfect. First of all, your action is never going to be perfect. So don't wait, take it, and then don't just take an action. You got to take massive action. You have to take a lot of it, you know, because practice is what makes you better. Like, no amount of like thinking about something, you know, no, no amount of, of of wishing is going to make you better. It's only repetition. It's only doing and doing and doing. And then that kind of gets into this next. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, that, that just brings up so much for me. I just think of like the skills where like um, uh, with intuitive eating, you know, eating in a way that isn't so scheduled, uh, strict, routine, um, taking little steps, uh, trying out the habits that, that I'm bad at, you know, um, just baby steps 
our our steps. They could go backwards. They could go forwards. But if if, if I don't take them, then I don't go anywhere. Then I never know when it might be a great leap if I don't start moving. Yeah. What are some things you're doing with um with your eating right now? Yeah. Um, take take away from the pots and pans in the background. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna shift locations here. You know, COVID nineteen times, everyone's everyone's around. Bring it outside, bring in that sun. Yeah. Oh, here. Sorry, let me let me show you this while we're uh, in transition mode over here. Man, I've got this beautiful backyard. And uh, but this is oh man, maybe I should take I got the blur thing on. I don't know how to take that off. It Let's just skip it, slick. but in short, you know, I've got these roadies that are about to bloom. You can see them blurry, you know, and uh, it's so cinematic. Uh, I'm just gonna make my way over to uh, to my little porch over here. Okay, bro. Sorry. Yeah. Boom. Oh, nice shirt. Ever make mistakes Thanks. in life? Oh, what's the bottom say? Uh, let's make them birds now. Yeah, let's make them birds. Yeah, they're birds now. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's birds. Yeah, so, so, yeah, going back to that, that massive imperfect action, that just brings up a, an image of just like, getting in a rocket ship for the moon and then just like instead of like waiting for everything to align perfectly just like shooting off at an angle just having a grand blast off into space and maybe maybe i brought a whole bunch of junk and junk in that rocket with me and on my way into space i just have to like put it all together in a different way to like get me where i want to go it's 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 it's, it's the it's the line of progress, you know, the one that's like, here's where you want to be, and it's just the squiggles everywhere. The journey. Yeah. So taking steps in areas that scare me, like um, just having food in my house. They're like, oh, there's a there's a cake baked. We're just gonna we're just gonna have that in my house. Okay, that's cool. We're gonna have ice cream. We're just gonna leave it in the refrigerator or leave it in the freezer. Oh my goodness, that's terrifying. Yeah, just pausing when I'm eating. Just sitting with a plate of food instead of just like eating standing in the kitchen. Those are just like little skills that I have to practice. You know, I life puts me in a situation and I develop habits to take care of myself. Some of them serve me in the moment and some of them don't going forward. So if if I want to change, I have to take those little steps to address where I want to be, how I want to feel. Even when it's really scary sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm always scared on if I'm doing, if I'm good enough, you know? I'm always afraid that I'm not good enough. Oh, yeah. That's a deep one. Um, you know, like I hope, like I hope so bad that I'm doing enough to, to get to where I want to go. Mm -hmm. and maybe that shifts and changes but you know I'm going to be honest like the past few months four or six months like 
I've just been right on. Like, I haven't felt that way for a while. Like, I felt like I really feel like so in tune with being in like the right place. Hmm. And it's not because of the work that I've been doing. Like, it's not because I've been doing more work necessarily. It's all been coming down to to an acceptance, to like to this acceptance of of just where I am, faith in a plan, faith in my plan, looking at past evidence that supports that can support a feeling of acceptance, and then. So it kind of goes into this this thought that I think of of heaven. Mm. You know, everyone's we think about heaven and like what that is, and we think that heaven is perfect. You know, heaven is a place of perfection. Maybe it's a place that you go to when you die. You know, maybe heaven isn't here. You know, like heaven somewhere out there. But and. And there's the idea of perfection, you know, and we see that in others. You know, we think of the perfect life. You know, what is the perfect life? We visualize what would that look like for us, you know? The perfect one without job. all of my problems. The one without yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, the one without, like, yeah, if it was me without my problems, that's perfection, that's heaven. Mm-hmm. But I had this idea, and, you know, it's not a, it's not a new idea or anything, but it's one that I've come to be able to accept more and more is that heaven is imperfect. Heaven is here right now. The kingdom of God is within us. And that doesn't mean that we have to go anywhere to get it. It means that it's in us right now. And it doesn't mean that we need to change to realize it. It means that we are perfect right now. That in our imperfection, we are perfect. Mm. That we, everything we do is perfect, and it's such, and it's such an extremely difficult idea to believe. But I just know it's true. Like I know it's the reality. Like I know that there's nowhere else that it's like in movement. It's like when you're we were talking about trying to do things to get better. You know, you're always gonna, you're always gonna feel like you're, you, 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 there's another place to go. You're always gonna feel like you can get better, and yeah. and but what we all have in common from, from the best of the best to the beginner, is that feeling of improvement. You know, when we feel like we got a little bit better, or we feel that moment of flow, like that's all there is. You know, that's the only that's like there's always improvement. You know, there's always. There's always getting better. There's always getting worse. But what never changes is that throughout the entire journey, we feel those steps of like elation, of perfection. But it doesn't come from doing anything. It comes because those moments are always there. Those moments are always attainable. You know, the moment. So you don't have to be good. You don't have to be a beginner. You don't have to be the best. But that moment of perfection is always attainable. It's always here. So that means that those moments, that means that moment is here always. No matter if you're moving or so that's what we are, you know, we are that perfection, that love in action always. So we can always come back to that and know that everything's okay. You know, every moment is a new moment. Every new moment is untainted. It's, it's all real and all loving and all omniscient, omnipresent. So we have to, we can come back to that. 
That reminds me of uh, a wonderful thing that I write in my journal almost every day, which is that I can choose again. There's always another moment coming up, and if I didn't like uh, what I did before, I can always make another choice. Yeah. So you you mentioned the, the, of how hard of a concept it is to believe that you are this perfection, that we are this perfection. How have you, how have you, what, what have you done to, to really internalize that for yourself? How, how can you believe it? It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's simpler than people may think. Thing is, it doesn't, it didn't come from some like lightning strike. And mm. I'm like, Oh, I guess, you know, it didn't come from a near-death experience. It didn't come from, from, from something like from out there, from the ethics. You know, what it came from was practice. I practiced <laughs> believing this. And through my practice, I found evidence. Through my practice, I was able to, to believe this. And it all comes down to my thoughts. It comes down to my thought patterns. And I'm reading this book by a psychologist. His name's David Siegel. He wrote this book called Mindsight. And I'm in the middle of it right now. And he's a neuro, neurobiologist and psychotherapist. You know, so he knows a lot about the brain and the way that neurons work and they fire together. And he also um, provides therapy, psychotherapy for people that are going through like emotional. Like there's one patient, she um, is very like emotionally cold and her parents were super cold and couldn't feel anything she, and she was about to die you know she was she was like 90 years old and was going to die soon but he wanted to she wanted to feel something again you know so he helped to like bring out help her to feel those emotions by doing body scanning was a way to start you know he didn't know how to scan um her body like he she didn't know how to focus on her hands and feel life in her hands, didn't know how to focus on the heart and feel the heart. And, you know, that's something that a lot of people, they have never tried to do before. You know, they've never, they've never tried to focus their energy on anything outside of their thoughts, but really bring it into their body you know, and feel what their body feels like. So, so, so let's get an example of that. So tell, tell, tell me more about body scanning. What, what, what is this body scan? How can I do this? Well, you know, one way I do this um, is through uh, a meditation mm. technique. It has a long form and has a short form, but the way it goes, what it's called, it's, it's called the Men-Ob Meditation. And in basic, what it is, it's just, it's a way to rewire your brain, rewire your thinking. Okay, and this thing that David Siegel, he brings up, he talks about neurons in the brain. When you have an experience, certain neurons fire. And when they fire together in that group, it makes them more likely that they're going to fire again. So, you know, when you have an experience, you're more likely to do that experience again. And the impact, um, the, like the quality of the experience of the neurons firing it, also it releases it, this, a coating on your neurons called myelin, myelin, and it's like a coating, it's like a sheath. And it, and it increases the, um, the conductivity of your neurons firing. So, like, hearing that doesn't, like, mean much. You know, it's kind of one funny thing I'm thinking about, like, in science, too. It's like, you can hear all this stuff about brain working, but it's like, who cares? 
you know, and you can hear all this stuff about like emotional technique and it's like, who cares? I don't know. You just gotta yeah. like do the thing. Can I use it? <laughs> yeah. But so this technique is most, one of the most important things I've ever done. Most important things I've ever learned, concepts I've ever realized. And in short, it's um, when you're just like going throughout the day. Let's go, the, let's go mid version first. Mid version <laughs> is you, is something. Okay, no, I guess I gotta start, start somewhere else. So say you're meditating at night. Say you have a daily, a nightly meditation practice and where maybe you sit and you, maybe you meditate for 10 minutes and you, you sit, you're in a, in a still place. So when you're in that place, after you get into say, say a flow or say you get into a, a piece of, you know, a place of deep peace. Uh Oh, gotcha. Okay. So some screen popped up for me. You're in the deep peace and what you want to do is you want to bring up a negative situation that happened that day or that happens in life a lot. What is that situation? Maybe there's a person that you fight with daily. Maybe there's a situation that that you feel bad about doing. Maybe you there is an awkward situation. You're awkward with a person. You know, something happened and you felt really awkward. You didn't know how to act. Um, for me, it was fighting with one of my good friends. You know, we were business partners. We fight all the time. And so what I do is I bring up that situation. I bring up that negative situation, and then I feel it in my body. You know, because it creates an emotional response. So the thing that we know about about the mind this is what uh, Dr. Maxwell Marx came up with. Another very famous psychotherapist, one of the most famous um, um, uh, self help authors, talks about. Um, the theater of the mind. And the theater of the mind, it's, it's that the brain, the mind doesn't know the difference between what you're thinking and what's actually happening out in real life. Hmm. You know, the mind doesn't know the difference. So, what you, so when you bring up these situations, what happens, say you're fighting with your friend, you're going to get an emotional response in your body that would be just like when you're fighting with them in real life. Okay, so that emotional response would come up and I'd feel it and it would be like up in the chest. Like when I have anger, the emotions that come up, comes up in the chest. You know, and a lot of times, think of our emotions, we can't control them. We don't know what to do with them. But what this meditation does, so you sit, you're in that place of stillness, the emotions come up, and then you figure out, where is it? Is it in my gut? Uh, is it maybe in my lower pelvic regions? Like, if I feel nervous about something, it's usually a lot lower. If I feel angry, it's up higher, maybe in the throat. So identify where that is, and then you, when you do that, you're able to observe that emotion. So that emotion no longer... It's no longer who you are. It's now something observable. It's something that you're able to step back from. And you can say, okay, I feel this emotion in my chest here. Like, there it is. And so just the simple act of doing that allows you to separate yourself from that. And you can observe it more as like, okay, this isn't something that controls me. This is just an emotional response that's happening in my body. And here it is. I can identify it. Yeah. So it's basically just like sit there meditate kind of clear my mind get to a place where i can just kind of be and then intentionally think of something that was shitty or hard during the day during the week inviting that in and just thinking about it replaying that going back to that place and just feeling where in my body that stirs up something so there's more oh there's more (laughs) (laughs) because now now we've identified the problem but how do we correct it the next part is how we can actually correct it. Let's say you rewire your emotional response to this situation. 
So yeah, the first step, you're exactly right. You're bringing it up and you're accepting it. You're accepting that feeling. You're not trying to fight it. See, a lot of times we want to fight our emotional response in life. We want to fight it. We want to say, no, I'm not going to feel that way. No, I don't want to think that way. This gives us an opportunity to let it come in. We feel it. And then, and then we accept and we say, it's okay. It's okay that I'm feeling this way. It's okay that I'm angry. Okay? It's okay that I felt like I, couldn't, I didn't have control. It's okay that I feel helplessness. That's okay. This is a big, huge, huge thing is being able to accept and knowing that the shit that you think is okay because it's normal. It happens. And it's okay because you can correct it. Okay? You can't correct it, though, unless you accept that it's happening and you accept that it's okay. So if you accept it, say, that's okay. You know, I'm feeling this way. That's okay. And then the final step is you're going to think and you're going to visualize how you would act differently or the exact opposite of the situation that happened. So me, I'm with my friend and I've identified the feeling and I've, the emotion is dissipated because I've identified it and I'm accepting that that's okay to think. Now I'm going to sit and I'm going to visualize what I'm going to do when that situation happens again. So first, instead of feeling tense, instead of getting mad, instead of feeling my emotions bubble up to what he's saying to me, I'm, gonna, I'm just imagining myself and I'm feeling the emotions of being calm, of being, of being okay for someone else to talk to me, like being okay of them, of a trigger happening and me just being okay and just like my energy is you know, sitting low. I feel myself there and I'm visualizing myself sitting there in my chair, you know, relaxed and just him, him talking and me just feeling okay. I'm visualizing him talking and me feeling okay and being okay. Yeah. So it's almost like training your Yeah, it's almost like training yourself to react how you would like to react given that situation again in the future. Because your mind doesn't know the difference. Your mind knows yeah. no difference. And practice. So you gotta practice those situations that come up and then practice how you do better. And then you know, there's also thinking, you know, the opposite. If you weren't able to control yourself doing something, if you couldn't do something that you did, then you're thinking about doing the opposite of that, whether it's not doing it or maybe it's doing something else. Like literally, if doing something triggers you to want to do something, then you think and you visualize what you would do doing something else, the way that you would feel about it, the way that you would look when you walked about it, the way that all those things... And so I've done this, I've been doing this for years, and it's like been the key for me. Like I go and I go and talk to my friend and I act that way, you know? I think about and then I use visualization all the time, like before I'm gonna have a business meeting. Like it's all going through and I just practice, practice, and then when I do it comes out. But that's just this menob meditation is a hardwired way to like really rewire your brain so that you act differently in those situations that affect you the most. Mm. Yeah, just by experiencing them in your body, essentially scanning for the feeling. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Visualization. That's powerful stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what about you? Does that bring up anything um, maybe in your life? Yeah, it definitely brings me to, um, I have a, 
my go-to, um, I guess, reaction for especially around food-related things is shame because um, I had a lot of shame as a child for, you know, like feeling unwanted when my siblings came into the, the picture and then using food to cope. So I felt a lot of shame around that. And so when I'm like not eating in a way that I think I should or holding myself to a standard where I think I should be, that shame comes up. And so I can already think of how a really good way to use this is to sit down and actually experience that, you know, put myself in those situations where I felt or I or maybe I ran away from the shame. I just busied myself. I threw myself into work or something like that and actually feel those feelings, feel that shame and bless that part of myself, accept it unconditionally. Know that that's part of the human experience to feel shame. And it's okay. Yeah. And to think of how I can show up without shame. That's something that I'm holding on to. It's a relic. It's uh, like you said, the nerves, those nerves have been firing for a long time. And I don't have to, I don't have to live that way. It doesn't have to be so shitty. And I also think of just how like this visualization is, is such a powerful process, you know, in like group settings, you know, in um, facilitation work through all kinds of places. You know, I, I've, I've sat in the, the Mankind Project circles for uh, a while now, but I see it in all kinds of other healing modalities, you know, therapy and hypnotherapy and pretty much anything wellness and woo-woo. There's an element of visualization because, the, like you said, the brain is so powerful and we don't know the difference between what's actually happening and the story that I'm telling myself, you know. I tell myself every day I'm a pink elephant, eventually. I'm just going to believe I'm a pink elephant. So, yeah, I've, I've seen amazing things happen by just visualization, going back, experiencing, looking at the thought patterns that, that come up, adding in new messages, things like that. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's amazing stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... It's all practice, you know, you're practicing seeing things a different way, and then that's how it comes, you know, you visualize yourself as a pink elephant, you get that, you visualize yourself as, as a hero, and you get that, and I think the whole, you know, it's like, there are like a lot of, I guess, some kind of like concepts, hmm. you know, there's some core concepts that I've like thought of, but so much, you know, I've just been realizing more and more, it just comes down to, to action. It comes down to, like, just practice and action and repetition. Like, I want to get rid of this mystery and stigma that, like, self-love and positivity and all of this stuff is has something to do with, like, some kind of spiritual, I mean, it is a spiritual transformation, but, like, that is something really difficult to do. Because really, like, all I've done is read some books. I mean, really, it's just been, like, reading. Yeah, reading. And then a lot of these books, you know, they have techniques to try, things to do. And then and then that's how I've become me. It's like I've just read stuff. It almost feels, like, too easy. It's like, but all I did, I just read stuff. And I've practiced stuff. And I've, like, followed my heart. 
and then I've been able to feel, you know, so good about life and like what I'm doing, who I am. But the only thing I can tell to anyone is, you know, we started off with, with, um, you know, we're talking about like your, like a, a discipline or talking about things that you can do. Um, you know, we talked about like people are afraid to maybe be an artist or they're afraid to, you know, start computer programming or afraid to like do stuff like that. It just takes a little bit every day. You know, it just takes daily action. It takes daily practice. And then patience too. I think maybe patience is another one of the big ones. And it's something that I really love Gary V for. And what he says, he talks about patience a lot. You know, he's, he's like 44 now and he's been building, you know, for years and years and years. You know, he's been like, you know, working and working and he's so good about telling people, you know, especially kids and saying like, you know, you're like 23 years old and you're trying, you think you should be a millionaire by now, you know? And when I was 23, I thought that too. I'm like, hell yeah, you know, five years, I'm going to be a millionaire. No problem. Like that's what I'm going to do. And, but I, you know, I feel now more that like my life is long, you know, and I love just taking, just taking action every day, but not worrying if it's like, you know, I kind of, as a byproduct, do a lot of stuff and take a lot of action because I have a lot of practice doing it, you know, because I'm totally on my path and I know exactly what I need to do to get there. And I plan every single day, every single night I plan out my next day, you know, just in my mind, I think about what I'm going to do. And then I do that. I think about how I'm going to feel and I feel that, you know, I think about how I'm going to walk and how I'm going to talk and how I'm going to interact with people. I think about that every night and that's what I do the next day. And it's just very simple like that. You know, it's just practicing in my mind and then bringing that in, bringing that, when that comes up, I just automatically do stuff. You know, that's why I don't feel nervous anymore. Especially, you know, when it comes to people, it's like my mind is so quick because I practice how really not the words, but I practice the feelings. You know, I think that's the most important thing is practicing your emotions because when you have the right, you know, emotional set then everything else just comes out naturally hmm. yeah and, and i definitely want to speak from my own experience and anyone else who might feel the same way that like it's it, it could be intimidating you know thinking about oh man this guy plans his whole next day i i don't even know i don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow that's like oh that's that's way too much it's not it doesn't mean that because you do it, that I have to do it. That's just like you've got you've got your things that we're. I'm looking at the end product, the end result of all of your experiences. You found things that work for you, and this is where you are at. And I know I've definitely fallen in the trap myself of like, this guy, he has all the answers. He's got all figured out. I just got to do things like he does. Mm. But that's, that's just this right back at the beginning, just like, I don't need to compare myself to anyone else. I just need to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's, that's exactly it. It's like, yeah. you got to do what you want to do because you're everyone. Like, you're good enough. You know, you're more than good enough. Like, you, you're all there is. Not just you're good enough. You're all there is. You have to be. <laughs> Like, how can this life be any other way? You know, how can it just like it can't? 
because you don't know anyone else. You have you don't know anyone else's thoughts. You don't know anyone else's feelings. You don't know anyone else's body. There's literally there's no one else out there. There's only you out there. You're the only thing that exists here. What's going on in your mind? Hmm. And you can choose one of two ways. I think. You know. Yeah, there's gray area, but it's like. You know, there's also the catch-22, the duality of the universe. But you got to decide, is the universe going to, is it here to serve you or is it here to kill you? You know, is it here to, like, not serve you? Is suicide going to help you? When you die, are you going to go to some place that's better? Or are you going to be stuck in the same? Are you going to live in a next life where you're still in hell? Death, you know, is death an answer? Is death going to bring you somewhere that you're not? I don't think so. Hmm. There's just one, you know, there's one mind. There's one mind, and that's the mind that you're experiencing. You know, everyone else says, everything else has equal weight. But you can let them alone. You can leave them be, you know. If you were them, wouldn't you want to just be left alone to do your own thing? Like, wouldn't you want to be able to be accepted if you were them? That's the golden hmm. rule. You wouldn't want someone else thinking that you suck, thinking that you're great. You would just want everyone else to accept you as you are. Because you're them. You're, you're them too. And that's what you would want for yourself. That's what you want for them. And that's what they want for you. And you got to know that that's what they want for you because that's what you want. Whatever you want is what they want. See, no one... See, no one... No one can fuck with you. No one can mess with you. You know, no one, there's no one out there. Nobody's thoughts can mess with you. You know, nobody's actions can, they can't mess with you. They can't, they can't bring you down. Yeah, it happens, you know, of course. The relationships, things, they happen. But in reality, you, you know that the thoughts you have, that you can, you can accept and reject thought. Yes, they take you over sometimes, but we practice, we practice accepting and reinforcing the thoughts that we want. Yeah. We make those our reality. And the thoughts that we don't want, we say, no, I don't want that. No. You know, I, it's, come, it's happening. I feel it. It's happening. I accept it, but no, I don't believe that. I want, I want my thoughts. You know, I just, the universe loves us. God loves us. I love me. Why? Because I love me. God loves me. How could it not? How could it not want the best for me? We know we can see everything. We can see everything two ways, as it, as it serving us or not. You know, I got fucked a lot of times. By, you know, by my own best friends. My own best friends fucked me. But it's like, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. Because I am where I am now. A lot of things have been like, no, that, that sucks. But I knew it was for the best, and it turned out that way. So even someone dying... You can't, you can look at it like my life is over too. Or is there some way you can move past it with love? You know, just that has to be the way it is. Hmm. You just practice believing that train of thought. Yeah. So how do you practice? Thinking, praying, and meditating. <laughs> To me, prayer is thought. Every thought's a prayer. Every mm -hmm. single thought you think is a prayer. That's why every single thought's so important. You can't not give weight to thoughts. Everything you think matters. 
when you're a little baby and your mother rejects you for three months, like that's going to, that's going to have an impact on you for the rest of your life. You know, things that you don't even remember. So everything subconsciously around you that's happening is affecting you always. So you gotta, you gotta, that's why you have to keep, you have to control your environment. You can do that. You can choose your environment. You gotta can choose your thoughts. You gotta control those things. Like you have the power, you have the control. So you'd be conscious of that and not, not let it, not just let it run amok. Because you know? if you do this, it's your fault. And it's not that you're a bad person, but you can change. All you, you just have to remember that it's okay. You don't have to feel bad about it because you can change because there's the future because you can change. So everything's all good. Wherever you are is good because you can change. But you just got to remember that you can. I can choose again. Yeah. Every day, every moment. Oh, man. That felt good. Oh, good to say that. You went somewhere, yeah. I, <laughs> I went somewhere. I keep feeling like I'm going somewhere, and then like you know, and then I just get kind of lost. Just start going off somewhere else. Preaching. I call this preaching preacher RC here. <laughs> yeah. Preaching RC with that positivity. That's that's what we're here for. <laughs> Yeah. So like, what's, the, uh, what's next on our agenda? Oh yeah. I don't know. That that seems like uh, it seems like a pretty full, pretty full plate. I think it's yeah. just like yeah. reinforcing the messages that like, yeah, like I, I I thought of the silly analogy of that the stick that I beat myself up with could also be a back scratcher. You know, it's just like all of the terrible thoughts I think about myself. I can, you know, if I if I am inscribe them on the stick and I recognize like, oh yeah, that's another one of those those things I think about myself. Is that really serving me thinking that? I don't have to I don't have to do that. I don't have to think that way. I can remember that I love myself. I can remember that I'm awesome. I can remember that I'm the hero. And just coming back to that, just coming back to those cornerstones. Remember that uh not my thoughts. I can choose again. All of those little things just. And then take the match. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people, when they think, they think like, oh, I can just think stuff. Yeah, that doesn't work. That's stupid. That stuff's dumb. Well, you can't just think yourself good. Yeah, you're right. You can't. You got to do shit. You have to work really fucking hard. No, you have to work really fucking hard. hard, as hard as you've ever worked before. That's the only way it's going to happen. Like you have to be disciplined and you have to do the shit. You have to do it every day. This isn't easy stuff. You know, it's not easy. Talking about it's easy, but the actual doing is very difficult. So I don't That's want true. anyone out there watching thinking you can just talk yourself into feeling great. You got to do some shit. You know, you got to choose your discipline. You got to work at it every day. And you got to do the meditations, visualize. You got to do that stuff. Yeah, life life is meant to be experienced. I know there's a huge uh, translation gap between all the wonderful thoughts I think in my head, and then like even trying to form that into words can be completely different sometimes. I'm just like, oh right, so that's another thing to practice is actually translating wonderful thoughts and concepts into this thing, this art tool of speech yeah man you're, you're an amazing writer like you're such a good uh 
like you're so smart and like funny with the things that you write to me like i can't believe i couldn't even, can't even believe a lot of the times like the stuff that you write to me like like yesterday after you said the cornerstone thing i was like for 10 minutes i was trying to think of like a good funny thing to come back with and i couldn't really, <laughs> couldn't really think of it, but you're just like you're just, like on those <laughs> and I, I just thought that was a great way to put it like as i'm talking you're just like you're such a great writer yeah i'm always writing scripts in my head everything that's that makes my experience is all being written in my head and so it's practice is to bring it out into words and to express it into the world and make it a reality Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I started, you know, yeah. My speaking been a lot of practice. It definitely was natural too. You know, like I was writing a lot and the first time like I started speaking about stuff, it really came out really, really naturally too. Mm. Like I really love like the video. Like I love speaking on video. Like I love talking like this. Um, so yeah, for me, like that's kind of how I express best too, you know, mm. at least for the, these kind of, but yeah, these kinds um, of ideas, like, uh, I had a sales job, you know, where I learned how to talk with inflection, you know, to like, to pause and you know, that's, but I learned that stuff too. You know, mm-hmm. I learned, um, you know, you, you like talk fast and you talk slow and then you speak in like a high voice and a low voice. And it's just like, Ooh. you know, the like that's how you, you know, that's how you hold people's attention by talking like that. So, yeah, it's all practice, man. And like live is scary for me, you know, like this is hmm. um, like a lot of times I get on live, like even in the in the room over there, I'm talking, you know, and like. My dad's over there. My brother comes in and like, you know, like makes me like nervous. And I start kind of losing my train of thought, not being able to think very well. Or sometimes oh, I'm yeah, alive, it's got to be perfect. Like in the middle of a thought, then I'm like, oh god, like I start losing it. I'm like, oh shit. Oh yeah, I remember the first time um, I was inspired enough to just jump on a, I think it was Facebook Live, and and talk about whatever was coming up for me. I don't think anyone actually watched it, but I was still terrified to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Until it's not. Until, you Until it's some. not. Yeah. I see so many people, they like start live and they're just like, yeah, I'm just on live. And I really like me, like I think, you know, like I come up with like all these bullet points or like stuff I'm going to talk about and then try to sequence it and tell a story. But that's also who I am, you know, I'm a storyteller. So I like to, I like to like have like make everything meaningful like there's a point a purpose to everything and what i'm trying to do is make these uh these practices actionable for people somehow you know i don't want to just like say stuff like i want to find a way that people can like use use this stuff yeah make it accessible have something that people can actually take away from just this guy read a lot of books <laughs> yeah 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 <sighs> okay bro should we call a Call it a wrap. Yeah, I think we're coming up on an hour here, and that seems like a, a nice, solid bit of good, good verbiage, good wordage, good talk, talk yeah. writing. I really appreciate the bit about the meditation because meditation it can be such a vague thing. It can just there's like oh you just sit and you meditate. Having direction for something that is not necessarily direction. It certainly helps me out. Yeah, same, man, same.
Yeah, yeah the men uh, that's like one of the best best things I've had so far is like that meditation. And the sim the shortest version you can do in life is just like if you start thinking about something bad, say you have like a negative thought, mm. then you're like negative thought, oh nah, it's okay. And then you go to the acceptance, oh it's okay. So it's starting to rain a little bit. But then, then you think the opposite, you know? Then you just think the opposite. You just like, oh, negative thought. You know, because instead of like, oh, negative thought, stupid, damn it, damn it, okay. Think of something good. Okay, no, negative thought. Okay, that's okay, it's okay. Now what do I, now what do I actually want to think? What do I actually think about this situation? Mm. So that's like the quick, quick men out. Men out nice. technique. That's a good way. That's a that's a nice little little button, little pin to put in it, a ribbon, if you will, to wrap it up with. <laughs> a ribbon, nice. Yeah. Except okay. that sounds good. Awesome. Well, yeah, thanks a lot, it. bro. I really appreciate it. Yeah, really appreciate you inviting me on. It's awesome. Awesome, 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 awesome. There'll be more talks in the future. This was fantastic. Yes. Thank you yeah. for speaking with me once again. And I look forward to our future adventures. Yeah, dude. Yeah. We gotta get outside. Woo! Yeah. Thank you. Till next time. Thank you, bro. See you next time.